We're back. That's right. The Video Twins are back. It's season two, episode one of a whole new How I Got This Gig. Aren't we excited? I'm excited. Are you? Good. Me too. Yeah. Let's roll it. Welcome to How I Got This Gig. I'm your host, Dean Rainey, and with me today is... Berman Lamb, the other video twin. The other video twin. We're mixing things up this season. Absolutely. We're, we're going to be in the studio together here. Which doing, is a little different, yeah. yeah. Yeah, doing the intros and outros to these interviews that we'll be doing. Yeah, because, you know, my fans were, were complaining that I wasn't involved enough, and, you know, sure enough, we, we need to change that. Being fan is just my mom, but still, you know. Yeah, I got a few calls from your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Did she, she threaten said, you? No, she just asked very nice, what can we do to make sure that Berman gets a little bit more airtime? But she just did it relentlessly. Relentlessly. Yeah, okay. Yes, like a good Chinese mother would. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, okay, I relented. I said, all right, that would be good. Because then I realized I didn't have to prepare so much. If I had you in here to sort of react off of, I could actually do less work. I guess so. So You know, I don't prepare for anything either. I just wing my way through life. So (laughs) So we're going to wing ourselves through the the second season of How I Got This Gig. Kind of the same format. We're going to interview people with cool media gigs, you know, people who are have artistic jobs. Maybe you're interested in getting into some of those. And we're going to feature them and find out, well, how they got that gig. Yeah. Simple as that. And... Today, though, we're going we're gonna to start off and sort of catch up with each other because we kind of had a, a long hiatus. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to catch up. We've done a lot of stuff in the past few months. I think, what, three, four months? Oh, yeah. We, we did some commercials for Elgin County. I know you did one for Visa. Visa from uh, Singapore, yeah. Yeah, we were shooting in New York, Nashville, and Phoenix. We've got some stories from those places. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting uh, episode. Yeah. So uh, let's dive right into it. Roll it. Um, well, we've been on a hiatus for a little longer than I said we would be. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've been on this podcast, and uh, well, we've been busy like, since like what September? Se- September, yeah. August? I think once the, once the fall came in, we kind of just went just like gangbusters. Yeah, with work and everything. So I, I guess it's a good thing we couldn't do the podcast and all the work that we were doing. Yep. So I put it on hold. I thought it would only be for like the month of September while I kind of like settled into work. Uh, these projects that we had and then also got the kids off to school yeah but then it was like well hang on no here comes october october november November. middle of december and we're finally finally exhaling and we've got a break and we can kind of all right let's get back to the podcast yeah so we're gonna have you on the program we're gonna chat a little bit more before each interview we're still gonna do the how i got this gig interviews because we're getting a lot of great feedback on them people are liking to hear people's stories but you and i are going to add our little insights to them yep and you know talk about running our businesses our production companies because a lot of people out there are going in that direction and they they don't know what to do no it's a struggle it's it's never been easy it's been tough for both of us when we first started and it's just a lot of persistence to get it to where we are right now and 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 things are well so what have we been up to well uh we've been Obviously, a lot of shoots. We've been traveling. You've been traveling. Yeah. We've been traveling together. That's right. We did New York City. New York City and also Elgin County, which yeah. was fantastic. We were doing a tourism spot over there. We did three of them. Three of them, yeah. And what were the three spots that we did for them? We did Autumn. Then we did sort of a local table to kitchen chef food, foodie food, kind of foodie one. Foodie kind of thing, yeah. And then a cycling one. A cycling one. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, what did we have? We kind of had like a day each for Yeah, about a day and a and half. Day yeah. and a half each. Something for like that. shooting. And then yep. the autumn one, we had two days. We did. And it's just good because we kind of got rained out on the second day. Yeah, we got lucky that we had the two days and yeah. at least got the first day. And, and I was panicking too because I was like, it was just raining and I, we were like noon. And I was yeah. like, we still got a full day. We got the crew, we got the equipment, we got everything here. Yeah. And you're like, ah, don't worry about it. We got everything in the can. We did. We get everything. I mean, thankfully, you also went out beforehand on your scout and got, yes. grabbed a few shots. And that was key. That was very key because when we were there, the weather wasn't great. Even for I'll the day you, it didn't rain. Let's talk about what happened. Okay. So what happened was client kind of was late deciding what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then they were, and we're talking August. And then they knew they wanted to do a spot in autumn. And then they were even later kind of deciding what weekend would work well for their uh, their clients or the people that were going to be featured in the commercial and also for themselves because they had a very busy September. And I love filming in September, but it's it's like a small window. It You've is. got the last two weeks of September and the first two weeks of October that are pretty, you're pretty much guaranteed to get decent weather. It's going to be cool, sunny, uh, and you're going to get some colors. Yeah. But this year was weird because this... Whatever this is that's causing all these weather changes, the leaves were kind of off. They, they either came early. Did they come early this year? Or they didn't year? come at all. Or they didn't come at all? Yeah. <clears throat> and then we kind of, client kept leaving it late, so we kind of got pushed to like end of October. End of and that's October. like, you really take your chances at yeah. the end of October. And it even is. then, you, the light, you know, you get less light as, as uh, the year progresses, right? So, right. So I kind of was like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous about these 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 October dates of shooting. So I do have to do a location scout. So what I'll do, and because it was autumn and it was going to be like a uh, sort of a, a hobby farm, amusement park, and it was going to be pumpkin picking and all these kind of fun autumn things, a hayride, I thought, well, I'll take my kids on the location scout <laughs> and I'll bring my A7S with my lenses and I'll just, we'll go and we'll time it so that we're there kind of in the afternoons and the lights kind of low and all right. And I'll just shoot what I can shoot handheld and we'll, you know, because who knows if I need it. Well, we needed it. Yeah. And we used it. You used a lot of it. We used a lot of Looked it. Looked great. Yeah. Absolutely look great. Yeah. And I think that's that's the beauty of um, technology nowadays has changed how accessible everything is. I mean, I can remember back in the day when we were shooting uh, Tourism Spot. You can't just, okay, I'll just bring my A7S. You know, you got to rent a camera. You got to book a yeah. camera that's big. There's a ma- cameraman that There's comes There's a cameraman. Yeah. I mean, now you can candidly shoot, get a couple of shots of anything without people bothering you because they look, it just looks like your DSLR camera. Yeah. Right? And that's one thing. And then the other thing is um, we're able to shoot uh, further into a day even though the sunlight's coming down uh, because our cameras... Handle low light situations. Handle low light situations, exactly. And that's that's huge as well, you know, especially when you're like, okay, I got a few more shots to go. It's getting dark and like, I don't know if it's going to come out. You put it into post, you boost up the thing and it looks great. Yeah. And I mean, we threw a couple of lens flares and posts that were that weren't originally on there and all that kind of adds to it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, you and I, we're not like huge uh, camera or gadget people. Right. But I have to say with this shoot, one of the reasons why, and I think it looked great. I think it turned out great. I think the clients were pretty happy with it. Uh, one of the reasons why is we had a lot of toys to play with, which is nowadays very accessible. For example, the Osmo. The Osmo was we rigged huge. For the cycling video, we had two Osmos. Yep. And one was rigged up on the front of my bike and on the back. And then I followed this group of cyclists. Yeah, or they followed or you. Or they followed me. And, and, it, and the stuff turned out great. I mean, if anybody was, was going to do like a cycling or like a road trip kind of video back in the day, you're talking about an insert car. 
Yeah. You know? Or the having those cyclists on a trailer. And we did look at that. Yeah. I thought, like, how am I going to be... Because you're like, your question was, as the director, because here's the roles. He directed, I I guess, DP'd. Produced, produced and DP'd. Produced and DP'd. And then we had Chris Atkins, who I've had on the show before. Mm. He was like our swing guy. Great guy. He was he was great. Because he just, he, he understands all the gear, and he knows everything on set, and he's easy to work with. So it was just this three-man crew that went out, yeah. and we just had a blast. Yeah. And but I, your big thing as a director was like I got to have close-ups. I got to have close-ups and these cyclists. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, it's easy to say that, but then when you're on the road and someone's in the back of a truck and you got a seventy-two to two hundred mil lens, that there's just no, no stabilization. Like you just can't. So you think about having a trailer and putting, but then the costs involved in that, right. and then you're gonna you can't just go down the road. With the trailer with bikes on it, you're going to need a cop car, and it yep. just opens up Pandora's box. Yeah. So for those who don't know, like what people normally do to shoot cycling back in the day is you have an insert car. An insert yeah. car is basically the bottom back of the car. It's, it's like a uh, what is it like a trailer? Yeah, flatbed trailer. Flatbed trailer, but it's a lot lower to the ground. Yeah. And you can Literally have your inches off the ground. Inches off the ground, and you have your camera crew set up back there with the camera rolling. And the you know the cyclist or the car is just driving right up against it, or like you said, even more elaborate is actually have the car or the bicycle on the trailer, and you're shooting, pretending that the person is driving. Yes. So that I mean that's a lot of cost there, and now all we did was just like had an Osmo stick our hands out the back of a pickup truck, and we're shooting that stuff, and this stuff looked great. Hell yeah. <laughs> You know, it's getting better. I, it wasn't. I'll tell you about the Osmo. It's great, but it's wide. It's wide. It's still really wide. So even when you push in to yeah. get close up on somebody, it's kind of like a fisheye. But it's still a lot better than what we Absolutely. did. Absolutely. So you couldn't do it in the old. You, you couldn't know. do it. Well, we did in the past. What we did right. was we had a. What we did was we had a minivan. Took out the seats in the back. Opened the. Uh, opened the trunk, and had someone sit on a sandbag and hold you know the camera on the shoulder and start shooting that way. So that was the other way that we did it. So this was still a lot easier, and you still yeah. pretty much got the same results, if not better, right? It was good. So it was a lot of fun filming those. We did a chef spot about the food. Yep. And, you know, the problem with the challenges, not problem, but the challenges with the client is they don't, they don't have, they don't, they just say, they give us a theme, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we have to kind of flesh it out, but there's a lot of limitations in that. Like if you want to create a story, yep. because they say, well, we want to do food. And then you think, okay, great, let's come up with a concept. And they're like, no, we want to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Like these three locations. And we're doing it soon. So there's not a lot of time to really flesh out like a narrative or yeah, something. Yeah, I think the challenge was really us trying to put the pieces together and, and build that puzzle that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. To tell a story, kind of. And then it's amateur talent, so they don't want to say anything on camera. They, don't, they want to do just minimal stuff. So what we ended up doing was what we call like a Nat Sound commercial. Mm. Yes, right? for the cooking one, yeah. The cooking one. Yep. So it was basically uh, three chefs, you know, working with these local ingredients. And we we got a great uh, drum percussion track to put down and kind of, yep. you know, as everybody's cooking <laughs> and all this stuff going. And then we just cranked up the sound that we got on location with the boom mic. And then also Holly off my team is doing a bunch of Foley to recreate. So there's no real story, but it just, it sounds great. And it brings you right into the kitchen and these dishes sound good. Yes. You know? Yes. It's interesting where you're like, okay, well, it's supposed to look good and taste good, but does it sound good? And that's what we were trying, trying to do with this spot. It was something... A little different from what we normally would do, and I thought it turned out great. You know, you the chopping sound, the sizzling sound, and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So that was good. You know, the cycling one still uh, is still in the uh, rough cut yep. stages. 
we, I, we're getting there. Getting there. We're getting there. Got to got to crack that one yet. But yep. uh, it was and a lot that, of fun. It was a lot, a lot of, fun. of fun. I mean, and and uh, of course, uh, again, the, the drone helped the drone. a lot. <laughs> Let's just say the drone. Not as helped much as I thought that I would use it. I thought I would use it a lot more. Yeah. Especially for the cycling one, but. I don't think we shot as much as we thought we shot with the drone. With the drone, yeah. Because I'll tell you a trick about the drone is that, you know, you can do these multiple passes on the same road, but you can't cut in between those. No, you're like just taking one shot and that's yeah, it. Yeah, you're just getting the best take. Yeah. Because it's hard to cut from a wide top shot to another wide top shot. Like, you got to kind of vary it a bit. Uh, and then you got to get out of that scene. you got to move on to another scene. So yeah. I think we didn't have enough scenes as we thought we did. I think so, too. I think so, too. And, and the problem with... Uh, the cycling one was because we had to change so many locations. So the traveling yeah. between locations took up a lot of time. And then you've only got these amateur talents for like a small, small, small window. window. Yeah. So we were kind of stuck with that. I think, you know, when you're saying, well, we didn't use the drone so much. I was glad that we had Chris. Oh, yeah. You know, a prof- oh, yeah. Pro- someone who's professional, who, who like his job is to man the drone and you knew it. how to get your shots and yeah. everything. Because if it was just you and I with, with a drone out there, half the time we'd be trying to figure out what we can do. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a big thing. So for those who have like their own drone or anything, it's great. But, you know, if you want to focus on multiple things, like, okay, you're directing a commercial and then you're also manning the drone, you, it, it is a nightmare. And I think adding that, I mean, it's almost like outsourcing that part to someone else is a, very, is a big value added to your, to, to your production because I'm sure you're going to get a lot more stuff and it's going to look better than you would have got if you got it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a great tip. Don't be afraid to bring somebody in who's an expert. A lot of companies or a lot of like startups or like individuals out there trying to do everything themselves because obviously the money goes into their pocket. There comes a time where you do need to bring another person who's an expert in another field to help you bump up the quality of work that you have, which in the long run will provide you with bigger budgets because you're able to prove that you can do it. Yeah, well, we did that together. Uh, I had a project that I was working on for Michael Hyatt's, one of my clients. Yep. And I was down in uh, late October filming the course for his best year ever course. So I was doing all the course videos. Yep. And I was meeting with Joel, uh, his head of content. And Joel was like, ah, oh, we love everything you do. But we got one thing and one request, and that is the, the graphics. The graphics have got to, they got to go up another couple of notches. Yep. You know, you're giving us, he said to me, you're giving us Dell computers, and we want Apple. Right. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I can understand that analogy. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that's, it's, it's a budgetary thing. Yep. It's a budgetary thing. It's also a skill level of myself and my team. Um, you know, my background is writing and editing, yep. not motion graphics, not design. So I, I can only play to my strengths. Yep. So when I don't have that strength, I've got to go somewhere else. So I came to you and I said, well, we got to take it up a notch. And I believe I have to take it up a notch. If I want to, this company, this client of mine, this company's growing. Yep. They're doing bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. I've been with them a long time. Yep. I'm going to continue to stay with them. I've got to take it up a notch. So when I had this meeting, and it's funny because, you know, I knew exactly what he was going to say. And he said it, and he laughed because he had to say it. And he was like, because I, okay, can you talk to me a little bit about this? What, 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 where are they lacking? What, what, what don't you like about the ones that we've designed in the past? Right. And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. But he was in the publishing industry for many, many years. Right. And he would always have graphic designers come in, present all these covers. And he's like, I'm sorry. I got to apologize for this. But this is the only thing that I can say. And he says, they just don't pop. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, that is a 
total cliche of what to say. We both laughed about it, but it was the only thing that really, it just, it wasn't wowing. Yeah. And he needed it to wow. Yeah. And so when I gave it to you and I said the same thing, I was like, dude, I don't know, but I think you understand when I say they just don't pop. Yeah. They just aren't that next level. I mean, it's totally vague. It's vague. Feedback. It is. Yeah. But it's funny. And I just would, as advice out there is it's like, don't dismiss that. There is something there. Uh, try to try to figure out what that means in their mind. Yeah. But maybe that's all you're going to get from them. Right, right, right. And it turns out we did because I got a note from them after we watched the uh, the cuts of the course with all the graphics in there. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, he said they were badass. They were badass. They were badass. So that was good. But it was, like you say, you know, sometimes people hesitate to do that because it meant, honestly, as a, as a business owner, it meant money out of my pocket, I guess, because, you know, yep. it was being outsourced to someone else who was going to be billing for all of that. Right. Now, you do work in a markup, an all-transparency, yep. right? No, because obviously. I sourced the person, I was across it, yep. everything. But that's not very much, you know? You couldn't build an entire business off that. Right. Um, but it was it was the right choice for the project and the client. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was good. Uh, I was filming that in Nashville. I, well, gosh, we went to New York City together yes, before Nashville. We had four days there, stayed in probably the world's worst hotel. And I, and you and I have been in a lot of bad, bad hotels, hotels in the world. It was the worst, but also very interesting, I would have to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, Pennsylvania, Hotel Pennsylvania. Hotel Pennsylvania. And the reason why we're there was because the event was taking place downstairs in one of their event halls. Yeah. Yeah, even the client was like, well, this is not the great best hotel, but it's the most convenient for what we're doing right now. Yeah, it's right across from Madison Square Gardens. Yep. Two blocks down from B and H photo. Oh man, we went there three times, didn't we? Two or three times. Three times, and it was like our during lunch hour. We had like twenty minutes. Let's go. We could do it. We just <laughs> pop up there for twenty minutes, and that place is insane. Oh, that was a mecca. I mean, they're doing. They got to be doing a couple mil a day. Like, think about a Saturday at like a Costco or a Walmart where you have lineups in every cashier. That's what they had, but they're selling stuff that's not a one dollar, two dollars. They're doing like a two thousand dollar a ticket transaction or whatever exactly. right like but you know you got to give it to them because their prices are, are decent they're yeah. comparable and the service the people there they know their stuff yeah they were great they were really great help they answered all our questions and made sure that we were getting the right stuff i didn't get anything really exciting did but it I? got you thinking about getting more stuff i know we looked you know? at lights and i did order a new light got a falcon eye led bi-colored light that i ordered from amazon from hong kong yeah it, it's an LED, what is it, one foot by two feet, and it rolls up. Yeah. And it dials in to whatever color temperature you want. Yeah, it's 18 inch by something, I can't remember. But yeah, it's amazing because it's so portable. Like when you brought it over for me to look at for the first time, you pulled out this tube where people would normally put a poster in. Yeah. You pulled out the, the, the LED light and unrolled it in front of me. I'm like, what is going on here? What are you doing? And you throw it on a frame, plug it in, and it's good to go. And it was was great to work with. And you could change the color temperature. Like, yeah. you know, your Kino flows, you have to change the light bulb or you just have to switch a light altogether if that light wasn't the right color temperature. Here, you just go, okay, dial it in. You dial in the daylight or, or tungsten. It's amazing. It was, it was pretty crazy. And the price was, it was only 400 and some odd dollars. So this will be our new key light that we'll use. Uh, because we have been struggling with like, I like to shoot with some tungsten. I like that 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 tone. The mixture. And the mixture. The mixture yeah. of daylight and tungsten. And, and we've been struggling because we only had lights that were uh, set for daylight in the past. Yes. So, yeah, I'm getting this and now being able to have uh, some tungsten. Yeah. I can do, especially if we're doing like product shots and I want tungsten or, you know, my key light. 
yeah. in an interview or something like that. It's amazing. I'm telling you, technology has, has enabled us to do a lot more than we can in the past. Pretty crazy. Um, we were in New York. We were in New York. <laughs> that was, so that was a lot of fun. That was long days, too. It was a long day, but I enjoyed it. It was, it was all right, you know? Because we that one was interesting because we were following uh, a, a handful of people throughout a, you know, their progression during a course that they were taking. And um, it was very documentary-like. So every day to me was interesting because every time we went up to these people and started doing interviews, hey, where are you guys at? Well, you've learned everything. We were getting something new. And you can see some people that you thought are going to do really well kind of plateau and some who are kind of, you know, being very cautious. You're like, okay, well, they might not get anywhere. Probably got the most out of the whole course. And to see that as you're interviewing through the days was kind of interesting to me. One interesting thing while we were in New York, we rented some gear from a local equipment house. Yeah. And uh, they were a funny bunch of guys in there, really nice guys. Brothers. Brothers, a real, like they sounded New York. You yeah. know, like they were, they they, were there. Well, how can I help you? Born and bred. Yeah. Born and bred. Uh, I don't I'm probably offending <laughs> a whole bunch of people as I do this. Um, but they seem to be the go to guys for 16 millimeter film cameras. Yes. They had a whole whack for sale. 16, eight millimeter too, I think. Was it eight millimeter? I think so it was, we're talking Bolex cameras? Yes, Bolex yeah. cameras. Uh, these old news cameras, old film cameras, and, you know, plenty of young hipster film students were coming in and getting their cameras repaired or renting them or whatnot. So I thought, wow, it made me think about film again. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually the place, the premier place for movie productions who needed these cameras on set as props. Okay. They were the guys they go to. Wow. Yeah. That's a good gig. Yeah, that's not that's bad. Fun. Yeah. But they were uh, they were really nice and they were good and we uh, we got to experience loading up a equipment cart and pushing it blocks uh, through Manhattan. Through Manhattan. Carrying like, uh, lattes. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, so it was something. So sometimes, you know... In this line of work, there, there's some fun things that you, you kind of just get to experience and you stop and you go, oh, this is pretty cool. So New York, and then I went down to Nashville and shot by myself. Well, I had a crew down there that I worked with and then over to San Diego, had another... Um, you were gone for like a good two weeks. Two, two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. It's tough. Tough when you have kids and family. Yeah, here. tough on the family. But it was good because all of that meant that we basically had a couple months worth of post-production work yeah. after getting all that. So that's been good. Um, yeah, the San Diego, yeah, everything was good there. No dramas. Uh, cameraman there was good. Oh, in September, I did have a, a shoot in Phoenix that I went down for. That's right, Phoenix. And I bring that up. If you listen to the Andrew Clark uh, interview, he talks about two types of cameramen, doesn't he? He does. He said there are, I think, what did he say? There are cameramen. And there's camera operators. Yeah, there are cameramen and camera operators. Yeah. And I think the camera operators are really easy to get along with, and they're really nice. And they show up, and they get the job done. It doesn't wow anybody, but it was a fun day. Right. And you got what you needed. Right. Then there are cameramen, and they show up, and they're kind of like divas. They're and divas. They got, they're, they're more like uh, cinematographers. Yeah. Yeah, and they look at them as artists, and they're the people who, who paint the, the visuals for you and everything. Yeah, so they're a little more difficult to work with. They have yeah. a lot more attitude. But sometimes, most times, you get some incredible images from you them. You do, yeah. So while I was in Phoenix, I had to do a interview with uh, between my client and Robert Kiyosaki, who is the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Right. Famous, okay. Famous guy. I had booked another cameraman, but he ended up not being able to do the day, so he recommended this other guy who I didn't get to interview and I didn't get to see his reel because it was last minute. It was only going to be a half day because mm-hmm. it was just the interview. Just an interview. So I thought, you know. I don't think I'm going to get to much else. Right. We'll have a 
one o'clock call time in the afternoon, and then we should be done by six. Great gig. Great gig. <laughs> he wanted a reasonable amount of money for it, like a thousand bucks. And I remember we did have a quick chat on the phone, and I was talking, and I said, uh, "So you're o- you're okay with the half day and the thousand dollars? Because that's my budget, which right. it really is." And uh, he said, "Well, if you want to give me more money, that'd be great." And I said, well, okay, well, there's no more money. Like, that's my budget. And uh, he's like, okay, okay, okay. And I could kind of sense that he was a bit of, I don't know, whinger, I guess is what I want to say, kind of whiny. So right from the get-go, he didn't feel like he was wanted to be there at all. Yeah, so he shows up, and he's okay. He doesn't say much to me. He kind of does his thing, and he quietly sets up. And he's reasonably fast, so I don't got much to say. But I, I was going to help him more, but he wouldn't talk to me really, so I couldn't, like... Do you want me to put this light up? Do you want to put that up? Do you want, what do you want to do here? So we set up and we do the interview. And I had warned him. I, I said, look, we don't know what we're getting into. But if we have to go a little bit longer, we got to go with it. I can't help it. I got this window of time with this guy. If it does go longer, I've got to go longer. And I, so in my mind, it was like, okay, one o'clock booking. And we should be, we should be out of there. They've told us it's a, cool, a hard stop at five. But then we thought, and I gave the cameraman a heads up. I said, well, if I get the wife too, we might have to just roll with it. We might have to just, just do something here and just go with it. Now, listen, this was an easy day. We set up, we arrived on set. Mm-hmm. I helped him carry everything in. Yep. We set up three cameras, mine included, yep. for a th- three-camera interview with two people. And that was it. No other setups. One setup. One setup. <laughs> okay. For the rest of the three hours... You just or sit four there hours. And you record. just had to press record. If I said cut, you hit cut. If I said make sure record, things are in focus, that's it. Light didn't even change. have to because they're sitting in chairs. They didn't even move. <laughs> Nothing happened. Okay. I think at one time at around four thirty, some light came in the window. Yeah. And he had to put up a black flag. Ooh, ouch! Tough life. So I was like, okay, well, he's first time I'm working with him. Yep. There's a chance of more work. Yeah. He's probably he should, you know most guys are going to be easy going with you. Yep. Um, because we hit five o'clock, so we're kind of over our four hours. And I, we got to keep going because the wife now is sitting down. Right. And she's going to do an interview. So we went to about 4.20, 4.30. No, sorry. We went to about 5.20, 5.30. Right. And then they were done. They were done. So you had half an hour to wrap up. Yeah. And then another half an hour to wrap up. I helped, much, up as, I helped him out as much as I could. And so I know what it's like when you have an out-of-town producer come in and want to work for you and you invoice them and then sometimes you never hear from them again. Yep. Or sometimes it takes a long time to get paid. So when I travel, I always want to take care of my crew. Mm-hmm. So I have cash. Yep. So I'd gotten prearranged invoices from him and the makeup lady. And when we were, I was like, thanks, dude, you did a great job. I mean, he was, I could tell I didn't, he wasn't the nicest guy yep. already. Yep. And he was kind of, uh, but I was just going to be positive. Right. And I was like, thanks, dude. Great job. Um, here you go. And he's like, what's this? And I said, well, that's your pay. Like, that's... You're done. That's your thousand bucks cash. Yeah. That's and great. Yeah, right? Most yeah. people would be like, okay. I take that. And if they know I'm from out of country, most people would be like turning and ripping up that invoice and nobody ever knows is the wiser. Yeah, that's I mean, I get... in my pocket. I get, I get clients that don't pay until like maybe four, six months down the line. Yeah. And I understand. I mean, sometimes business is business, but yeah, cash, man. How can you complain? So he turned... And he takes the opportunity to say to me, you know, you went long today. And I said, what? He said, you went long. Wait, what time did you guys pack up? What, what time were you guys out? Probably out by six. But wasn't that the plan anyway? No, it was probably like till five. Okay. So we went over an hour. Okay. But it, 
it's not like I was, I'll just break it down for you. It wasn't like I was adding scenes on. Right. It wasn't like I was constantly, you know what, I want more. I the want more. The interview ran long. The interview ran and long. And you gave him a heads up that the wife, if the wife sits down, we're going to roll. We're going to keep going. And I said, oh, I told you we were, we were there's a possibility of running long. He's like, yeah, well, you know what? None of us like half days. And you went over a half day. No one wants to work a half day. And I just want to tell you, you went too long. I, it was hitting 520 and I was getting pissed, he said to me. He said that? He said that to me. That's insane. And I said, whoa. I said, I'm surprised. I said, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm paying you cash so that you don't even have to wait anymore for anything else. This is, this is very, <clears throat> very odd to me because most of the guys that I work with, I mean, people like Andrew Clark, they, we go long all the time. And it's not even just me. Sometimes it's Andrew or sometimes whoever cameraman, they'll be like, I'm missing certain shots. I think you still need a couple more shots. And they'll get it for me even though we're going long. Especially if you think more work is in the pipeline. Yeah. I mean, the reason the why whole, they do that is like, I want to make you share your cover. You're happy when you, when you come to this area, you think about you're me. You're calling me again. Exactly. So I said to the guy, look, I, I, I'm sorry. I told you we'd go long. I told you if the wife sits down, we got we to gotta keep going. We, yeah. we went a half an hour longer. So you're... If you go to six, you're a little bit longer. But I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, he said, yeah, well, you booked me till five and you went past it. And he was pissed. And I said, and so I'm like, kind of like, you get that little shake and you're like, what, what, what? I said, well, I said, do you want more money? Yeah. Because I said, if you need another bit to just smooth this out, I will. But I don't have the cash. Yeah. But I can certainly. So you offered that to him. I offered it. Wow, no, no, okay. no, no, no. He says, it's not about that. I said, well, what's it about? Yeah, what's it about? He's like, you, we just don't like half days. We don't like half days. Well, you don't have to take half days. You don't have to take a half day. And I tell you what, his daily rate should not be 2000 He's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. And he's charging me 1000 for a half day. And it was only one setup. And I just thought there to my I looked at him and I just shook my head and I thought, I'm never hiring you again. Yeah. And you are the third type of cameraman. The third type. <laughs> We're you adding a third a, type. People. You are a jerk to work with and your images aren't great. Yeah, his images <laughs> no, were not they great. Weren't, no, oh my gosh, he wasn't. I'm sorry, and I don't mean this derogatory, but he was more of a news cameraman. Yeah, so he just kind of set it up and and did it. I mean, it worked for what the client wanted and everything. But I was like, you realize I'm never hiring you again. Like, why would you have that conversation with me? I would just bite it. I may go home and bitch to my wife. Right. Uh, sorry, we, he kept us late, but you got a thousand dollars in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> thousand cash and it's only a half day you don't like half day you don't have to take half day but you said okay so what do you want me to do about it reverse time so you can say no i know so anyways this is what this business is about is dealing with people and so i would i would like to share that tip with people you know if a producer comes down i don't know be a little bit more open-minded because we're all competing in this yeah and be flexible i don't think i was exploiting him i think he was afraid i was Maybe doing that. Maybe he's very. He was a bit older than me, so maybe he was so old school that he had been exploited, and he just thought I was going to be like that. But, but I don't think it was that bad, especially when I sweetened the deal. Like he does not ever have to hear from me again. He is paid in full. In full. And I would have given him more. He just would have had to have taken a PayPal payment or something. Right. Right. Anyways, I, I don't know. I mean, it's surprising that you tell me that he's older because I always feel like cats like us. We're we've been around. Cats like us. Cats like us. We've been around. And we know that as much success you have today, you never know if it'll come back tomorrow. You know, life is all about ups and downs. We've gone through it. So, I mean, because we've gone through all that experience, I feel like we're a little bit more mellow and we're more grateful for any job that we get, you know, any client. Sometimes, yeah, it's a difficult job. We're still grateful to have it. 
And I'm surprised for people who are older than us and not to have that understanding that it's not given. You know, you're you're should be grateful for everything you get. Well, I think he was he was much anger at the industry as a whole. Like I think, you know, he'd been in sports broadcasting for a long time, and those gigs had kind of dried right. dried up. And sorry, those gigs had kind of dried up, and he was expected to do kind of more more work on gigs maybe too like not okay. just show up and handheld a camera for an interview with an athlete he actually had to set up lighting and stuff or whatever and he's kind of just the well, easy I money days are gone maybe for him it's, maybe. that's what it sounded like on set as he was complaining about the Phoenix industry but I also feel like you know you and I we've done some really big gigs in the past you know the stuff we do now is a little bit smaller we enjoy it equally mm-hmm. but we never dwell on or our past we talk about it and we enjoy talking about it but we never are bitter that we don't do the big time jobs that we used to no. do anymore right I find the joy of doing the jobs you do now I don't really want to go back to do those big commercials <laughs> it's a big pain in the butt yeah, but I enjoy doing this uh, with the smaller clients you know be more intimate with them and, and producing something that they're grateful for and uh, to me that's that's amazing that I'm in a position where I could do that yeah and this guy should be adding value to what he does yeah exactly he's had all this knowledge if you're saying that he's been around and everything yeah okay you're not doing those sport big sport gigs and everything but with what your knowledge is you could you could add value to a lot of people and people would be really grateful for your service because he could have turned around and he could have ended that and just said thanks dude uh yeah call me next time you're in town yeah and that's all he had to say and he'd never have to take another gig from me he was totally paid in full yeah or he could have thought well, okay, the guy took me, took an extra hour, but you know what? He's going to call me when he's back in town. Right. And, but the guarantee is now, I'm not going to call. Right. Well, that's all I got on my list here. What, what do you got to share? Well, I got the, the, old, um, the visa spot. Yeah. So, yeah, so my good friend, Andrew Clark, who we've had on the podcast, uh, he's over in Asia Works in Singapore. Uh, they have multiple offices, you know, Singapore's being one of them. And they were doing a spot for visa uh, online. Um, and they wanted to shoot something uh, outside of Asia. So he contacted me, you know, so I worked with him on that one. Why? Why did they want to shoot something outside of Asia? But then I saw the spot and it was all filled with Asian people. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why initi- didn't you have a white person in there? <laughs> it was all hands. It was barely any... No, the store clerk and the customer there. Yeah, initially I thought that's what they wanted was uh, overseas or something like that. But it turned out that, no, they wanted to be Asia. But I think it... You know uh-huh. what I think? Yeah. Initially, the idea was it was supposedly global. They wanted to make it look like uh, Visa around the world. Then sure. as we were in the production, uh, pre-production, we realized that no client wants it to be Asia exclusive. And the spot was only showing in Asia. So I think by then we were just too far in for them to go, okay, let's pull it out of uh, North America, pull it out, pull out of Canada. And at that time, it didn't really matter either, I guess. But if you wanted it to be global... But then they didn't want to be global. They, oh, they wanted didn't to be Asia. Want it to yeah. Be. Okay. Yeah. So it went from global back to Asia. Or maybe there's some miscommunication. I mean, but uh, yeah, so we continue with it. And I think, you know, maybe it's a dollar or something, you know, the conversion of the dollar and everything. I mean, things in, in Asia are pretty expensive nowadays. Yeah. You know, it used to be cheaper to do in Asia. Now it's like the reverse. So it's still kind of worked out in terms of price. So why not shoot here? And hey, uh, you know, where we are, Toronto, it's very multicultural. We have a huge Chinese population, so we can make stuff look like it's China. I don't know. Go all this way just for more Chinese people. For more Chinese people, uh, Asian people. They're, it's for Singapore. But, uh, but they're yeah, slightly different Asian people, yeah. right? They're overseas. They've had a little more milk. So they're, they're, more, they're more desirable that way, yes. The, the milk. <laughs> it's good for the teeth and bones. That's right. But they're I, the Asians with the good teeth. With the good teeth. <laughs> <laughs> this was your first time working in 4K on that one, eh? Yes. And that was uh, very interesting for me because 
the way the production house from Asia wanted it was like, okay, well, try to shoot everything a little bit wider. It's like, why is that? Well, so we can reframe it on our side. So my mind is like, okay, I get it. It's like a, more of a safety net. If they ever wanted something close up, you know, want to zoom in tighter, so like they could do it. But, and I didn't think too much of it. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll just shoot in 4K and then we'll just, uh, you know, in post, zoom it in. But when we start shooting, you know, myself and also my uh, DP for that one, uh, Eric, we were struggling. Yeah. You know, we would frame stuff normally the way we would, you know, close-ups and stuff like that and then pull wider. And once we pull wider, you know, everything changes. Like the composition of the shot looks different. Totally. And we're like, now it becomes a guessing game. It's like, I guess that's the shot we want. So, you know... When we were shooting, I just didn't have the confidence that we had a great looking spot because everything was just wide. You know, imagine if you're looking at a spot that everything, like it's a, a cut where everything is a wide shot, it doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a challenge. And I feel like what people are using 4K is they're using it for the wrong reason. Right now, for example, this one, they're using it for, for insurance purposes. So that's that, the attitude, is it? That's the attitude. And 4K really isn't for that. You know, it's for 4K TVs, yeah. right? So I get that it's it's great. And especially with this spot was going on air. It For most people, they're, wa- they're watching on 720, barely yes. full HD, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, my recommendation is if you're going to shoot this stuff, 4K if you need it because client wants 4K. A lot of clients want 4K because who knows in the future they may want to broadcast it in different ways. But if it's for the safety reason, unless it's a piece to camera where the person's looking in the camera and you want to punch in, yeah, I don't really agree with using 4K in that way. No, I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, it's a nice safety thing maybe. If like, could we go a little closer on that? But to go in and, and shoot just pull that wide way, and shoot it, it yeah. Just, I mean, it worked out, and I had a you know I had um, our friend Jason do the editing. He, he's a brilliant guy. He sees it. So another another uh, guest that we've had on the show, Jason uh, yep, Chan. Go back Jason and listen Chan. to that episode. Yeah, great. And um, yeah, I mean, if I were to edit it, I would be a bit lost because I can't see things as clearly as like a professional editor who's yeah done everything. So, well, that's all I have written down on the list here of hot topics and i don't have a list so i think we're good <laughs> are we done i think we're done that was a, we covered a lot of stuff that was, that was good months, that was yeah. i hope there was some value in there for you absolutely yeah no no i mean for the oh, listening for, oh <laughs> listening. people are listening people yeah. are actually listening there, there are a few there okay few i thought it was just self-reflective for myself here okay but yeah. that's great even bonus <laughs> well you're going to want to continue to uh, tune in because we're going to have some very interesting guests coming up we're going to have a Another TV commercial director coming up, uh, Jesse Sanko. Jesse Sanko, right. Yeah. Okay. And then we've got, uh, I'm going to speak with the music supervisor. A lot of people have thought about that job, right? Hey, what's the job where I get to pick the music that goes on the soundtrack? And people don't know, music, audio is a huge part of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to talk to uh, artistic director of a theater. Theater, that's different. Yeah, you can get paid to be the creative director of a theater. That sounds like fun. It is. Yeah. And we're going to find out more about it when we talk to him as well. So a lot of great episodes in the pipe. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you. If you guys had any topics or questions, please send it to us and, you know, it might might make it onto a podcast. Yeah, because we do know quite a bit of stuff. But we don't know that we know. That's That's the thing. That's right. There are known knowns and unknown knowns. Yeah, I still don't know. No. No. Unknown. Hmm. Well, we knew that. At least we knew that much. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for tuning in to this episode. Uh, please share us, like us on Facebook, and check us out at videotwins.com. Uh, we've got some exciting things there happening too as well. Eh? Yes, we got some uh, maybe some courses coming up soon. Ooh, Looking forward to that. Check those out. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>